Tim Sheehy is the president of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce, right down the hallway from us here in the Market Hall. Tim, thank you for being with us. Welcome back from the Big Apple. Yeah, it's good to be back. It was fun. It was busy. It was crazy, but it's good to be back in Wisconsin. A little more normal here. (laughs) I want to start with a topic we talked about earlier in the day, and that is, as you're well aware, as part of the budget deal that was struck in Madison, Milwaukee Public Schools have to put 25 resource officers, police officers, back into schools. They had taken them out of schools. That has to be done by January 1st. I talked to somebody in the MPS office today who told me that they're still working on the contracts. They still think it will get done. They're hopeful in the next two weeks it gets ironed out, but they, they do plan to go along with this. The pros and cons of having school resource officers back in schools. When you think about this issue and the people you've talked to, and I know education is close to you, what are some of the factors that come to mind for you? Well, I think the first statement we would all like to make is that we don't need police officers in schools, but that's just not reality. And kids are there to learn, and I believe with the police officers there, it's a safer environment. I think the other benefit is you get what I would say is non-confrontational interactions between the police officers and the kids. And so you get to see kind of both in their natural environment. And so I I think there's a lot of good that can come from it. Would I love to be in a world where we don't need that kind of safety in schools in the city? Yeah, but we're not there. How do you react to those that say, you know what, in certain neighborhoods where certain interactions with police aren't always good, Kids are traumatized just by literally seeing a police officer, just by being in the building with a police officer who may discipline them because they're late to class or may have to have words with them because they're arguing in the hallway and that it's not good for their mental health. Yeah, I think really the officers in the schools are there for what I would call high-profile incidents. Uh, They're not monitoring classrooms. They're not doing those kinds of things. And again, um, I I think that the interactions there are designed to kind of – benefit that relationship or have it in a more natural setting than when you see a police officer in a confrontation. So again, I think there's more benefit that comes out of this than there is kind of backsliding on the relationship. Some interesting news out of Oklahoma City. So they have the Thunder. It's kind of the only show in town, right? The NBA has a team in Oklahoma City. They relocated from Seattle back in the day. That is the professional franchise in Oklahoma City. I think that's important to keep in mind. Voters just yesterday approved a 1% sales tax. It's a six-year deal, and they want to build a new arena for the Thunder. And it's a $900 million arena. So they've got this through, a 1% sales tax. But this is just, this is big business, right? I just think about that number and what it would be in Milwaukee to keep the Brewers in the stadium, advance it. What are are the dollars going to look like in 2040 if you try and delay maintenance and so on? This is a major deal, but... It's a major expense. It, it is, but it, it, again, emphasizes the premium that communities, cities put on the major league label and the major league status. $900 million is a lot of money to put into an arena. I, I think the interesting thing in Oklahoma City is they've been running these um, uh, referendums for 20 years, and they raise the money through a one-cent sales tax, and then they spend it on something important in the city. So this will obligate um, Oklahoma City for the next six years. All of that revenue goes towards a, a new arena. The really interesting thing is there are 430-some thousand voters in Oklahoma City. Only 13% turned out to vote. Mm. And of those, 71% supported this. So I think it just makes a statement. It's 
especially in a market where there are no other major league teams, how important this is to them. You lose it, it's tough to get it back. Yep. I think that's a reality. Yep, absolutely. So, um, again, I think you can look at this through the lens of um, Milwaukee, um, and we've come together with some pretty good deals, but I think it also shows the importance and the value of being major league. Tim Sheehy is with us on WTMJ. Let's talk about the Milwaukee job market a little bit. I know this is something you're closely attuned to. Uh, Let's run through some of this, some of the findings. What are the best-paying jobs? Well, no surprise, I think most of the best-paying jobs are in healthcare. They They pay between <clears throat> 280000 to almost 600000 Obviously, these are the surgeons, the orthopedic surgeons, your specialists, but healthcare is a very good-paying field, and then it moves pretty quickly into business, um, as you would expect. So it aligns pretty well. The lower-paying jobs, not that they're all lower-paying, are in entertainment um, and you know food service and things like that. But the interesting thing to note is that the – Average wage in the region here is about sixty thousand, fifty nine to sixty thousand. Um, and when we look at Milwaukee compared to other top metros, we rank number fourteenth in per capita income. So relatively, Milwaukee sits in a very elite group in terms of the kind of wages that you can earn here. Because we're like thirtieth or thirty fifth largest metro area, right? We are. So say we're 33, but we're 13 for average wage. That's pretty impressive. It is, and and income per capita, it's it's very impressive. And I know the work that we do recruiting companies here, the companies that we've recruited here in the last four or five years pay an average 20% more, so they're paying 76,000 a year. I I don't know if you've kept track of this, Tim, and and not to put you on the spot, do we have any idea how many remote workers have chosen Milwaukee or the state of Wisconsin that they maybe were living in Illinois or somewhere else and like, I don't need to be here. Let's a lot of people went to Florida. How many are coming to the state no, of Wisconsin? No, it's a double edged sword. Um, there are people working here whose primary employer is not in Wisconsin, and then we're also losing people who are working other in other places. But I, I think the interesting thing to note is that this remote work is four times what it was pre-pandemic, and that is now settling in. Mm. So that's steady state. So what it means is we've got to sell Milwaukee as a place for people to work from, not just to work in. So we talk about what the average wage is. What's considered a living wage in Milwaukee? Yeah, really interesting. If you're a single individual, the living age, living wage, uh, this is an MIT statistic, but it's about 33000 a year. I was kind of surprised for a family of two, Living wage is 104,000. Wow. It goes from 33 to 104,000 if you have a family with two kids. Wow. So I was messing around. There's a calculator. I saw this earlier this week. I thought it was really interesting. Some of that stuff felt a little bit high to me, the the average costs, and some of it felt a little bit low, to be honest with you. Um, I guess it sort of depends on your lifestyle, but it, it did sort of net that Milwaukee, comparatively speaking, to other major cities and big states was favorable living conditions in terms of cost. Yeah, I think we're under the median or under the average for most major markets. Um, and certain things are high, property taxes are high, but otherwise the cost of living here um, is a relative bargain. Um, and, and that's good. It makes it an attractive place to live. I want to ask you quickly about Northridge. So the news today there's been news about demolition and everything else, but the news today is that the owners are trying to sell it and want it sold by Friday. They've now said, we're going to sell it. We're asking $2 million, and they want to sell it by Friday. What is going on with Northridge? What's the latest? Well, it's kind of a mess, and it goes back to um, a company that purchased it in 2008. I actually met with them in China. They've since sold that. 
But the pressure is on now because the the state, the governor, has given Milwaukee $15 million to demolish it. So now they want to sell it. They, they have an interest in selling it and getting some money out. The problem is it's not only the sales price of $2 million, but if you buy it for $2 million, you also have $2 million um, in past property taxes and other judgments that you've got to clean up. So the hope going forward is that you can demolish the whole thing and turn it either into a distribution center or manufacturing space and take advantage of the property. I'd like to hear more about that trip to China you took. <laughs> Where did you stay? What did you do? Nightlife? What did you eat? Um, You've been there several times. I've been there 14 times. Oh so goodness. it's a fascinating experience. Wow. Um, and you know, I, I always say if you go to Beijing or Shanghai, it's like somebody coming to the U.S. and going to New York or San Francisco yep. and saying they understand the country. Yep. <laughs> you really just don't understand where you've been. All right, quickly, what's your good news of the week? Good news of the week is the Supreme Court decided just minutes ago to not take the case that would have pulled 45,000 students in Milwaukee out of the schools of their choice, both private um, and charter schools. So that's great news for those kids. Indeed, Tim Shee, he is the guy in charge of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. Always good to see you, Tim. Thank you. Thank you.